0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pushing Whimsy podcast. I am your host, David Taylor.
1: And I'm Beth Van Horn.
0: And welcome once again. I want to do a special shout-out for uh, all those folks who uh, picked up on our podcast last week. Uh, Got uh, quite a few people who decided that they wanted to check us out and uh, and hear what we had to say. Uh, Found us on uh, a lot of places. uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, through social media, SoundCloud. Uh, We're even on iTunes and Google Play now. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash PushingWhimsy. Find us on Twitter at uh, uh, Pushing underscore Whimsy. Uh, We've got uh, SoundCloud, of course, SoundCloud.com slash PushingWhimsy. And uh, even on uh, email at whimsy at Gmail.com. So reach out to us. uh, Throw some topic ideas at us. Uh, Tell us things you like, things you don't like. Uh, try not to be too cruel, I'm, I'm precious and tender He
1: is precious uh, and
0: tender Yes, but uh, uh, but uh, definitely subscribe uh, Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast mm-hmm. on, uh, on Google and on iTunes
1: And uh, tell your friends Yeah. Tell your friends, tell your family Spread the love, spread the word We would love to be able to talk about things that don't revolve around our itty bitty lives here let, tell us uh, funny stories. We're more than happy to take your inputs as to where we should go with the podcast. Yeah.
0: Uh, so let's talk a little bit uh, this week. We had a couple of things we are going to talk about, a couple of, a couple of topics that we've uh, come across this last week. Uh, one of the things is uh, stuff we like to watch on TV. I love TV. Uh, I'm a fan of TV as well. Uh, you know, uh, we, uh, d- we've got a bunch of different shows Kind of eclectic uh, collection of stuff that we watch I don't think so uh, You know, let's start off with uh, Grey's Anatomy uh, We're big Chandelier fans So uh, we've got uh, Grey's Anatomy, if you haven't watched it It's a medical drama slash procedural show, I guess is a good way of calling it uh, It's a girl it, show It's a girl show uh, but uh, we both love it, It's uh, it's got some good stuff to it uh, We uh, we watch Bones uh, If you haven't watched it, it's all based on Kathy Reich's books uh, It's some amazing stuff Typically a dinner fair for us Yes, uh, the,
1: so... the running joke in our house is that uh, We're eating dinner, we have to watch Bones And this came from when I first introduced Dave to Bones, uh, back when we first started dating about five years ago, I said, have you ever watched the show Bones? I really love it. It's on. He said, I I don't really know anything about it and I don't want to pick up in the middle. So we sat and we binge watched it for like three or four days straight. And now it's become a thing where we come home and of course, since we stream everything, we watch it the day after it airs. Uh, so we're all, it always seems like we're sitting down to dinner when we're watching Bones, uh, especially uh, just digging in when we get to that really gory, like uh, barely meat covered bones and entrails sticking out. That's always the best time to be, uh, you know, gnawing down some spaghetti or <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, Having bratwurst. worst. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we uh, we watch Hell's Kitchen. Uh, it's it's a guilty pleasure. It's it's the only reality show that we watch, and uh, we basically just watch it for the uh, for the times when. Uh, when Gordon Ramsay is just cussing out the the entire team.
1: See, I really like the, the challenges. I, I don't care who wins, and I don't really care what they do at the dinner sessions. I love the challenges that he puts them through, like chasing chickens to get ingredients or shopping in under 30 seconds for everything you need for a nine-course dinner. Those are the things that I love because I like that healthy competition. And I like to see what they do, how they take these... Extraordinarily, or even just ordinary ingredients, and make something extraordinary. Just makes these beautiful, absolute dishes that I'll probably never eat in my lifetime. Mm. But it's nice to dream while you're eating Lucky Charms.
0: Right, right. Uh, there's Goldberg's. Goldberg's is is uh, kind of the perennial favorite uh, around the house right now. Uh, if you're not watching Goldberg's, you're missing out on some of the uh, some of the best comedy on TV right now. It,
1: it really is. And what's great is it has this nostalgic feel to it. I think everybody can relate to something that happens on the Goldberg, Goldbergs. For example, uh, you know, I always get excited when the main character wears like ThunderCats t-shirts uh or labyrinth or um, you know, when they talk about something that's going on in the world like yeah, the Phillies, um, the Philly Flyers winning. Uh, a specific game or when a particular product or um, food came out. They always talk about ecto-cooler, which is always a squeam moment for me. I remember being a kid and just slurping down ecto-cooler like it was going out of style. I don't know if
0: you heard about this, <laughs> ecto is coming back I with the d- release I of did. Ghostbusters coming I up.
1: D- I did, and <laughs> I am kind of weary and excited because I have this memory of how ecto-cooler used to taste, and I'm sure that as an adult, I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed because it doesn't taste as good as I remember.
0: <laughs> right, right. But it'll be it'll be worth it. I will I will absolutely be picking up some Ecto Cooler to uh, to disappoint ourselves in the house. <laughs> uh, so uh, obviously uh, one of the big ones, Game of Thrones.
1: Ah, uh, Game of Thrones. You yes. Know,
0: and and it's enough said, kind of thing there. Uh, Game of Thrones is is some of the best made television on television.
1: It, it really is. And it's, uh, the, the thing that gets it for me is like, it'll go several episodes and nothing will really happen. And just when I feel like I'm about ready to give up and go watch something else, it brings you back in. And part of the problem is that we have a thousand main characters and it's hard to keep track of who is who and what they're doing and what their goals are. You know, it started off with, exclusively centering around the the stark family and the baratheon family and now that split off uh the who we thought was the protagonist in this in this series there are bit players now yep. it's uh it's really keeping me in and the fact that they're kind of deviating from the books now yeah makes it a little bit more exciting um i sadly haven't even gotten through the second book yet it's just as hard to discern the book as it is to discern the show sometimes when it comes to all these characters, but it really does make for a good read. And, I mean, if you're a fan of boobs, this is right up your alley. Yeah,
0: boobs are a prominent part of this show. Yes, I... Uh, I boobs, dragons, and gore.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I honestly think that uh, Game of Thrones should have a subtitle. Like Game of Thrones, boobs, dragons, and gore.
0: That, that would work. That would work. I think that we should... Okay, so HBO, if you use that, it's copyright... Pushing, pushing whimsy. whimsy. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, another one, being the nerds we are, Doctor Who. Oh,
1: Doctor Who, yes. And,
0: and uh, you know, I grew up with uh, Tom Baker's my doctor. Uh, you know, it was it was the time that when I was growing up, it was it was uh, sitting in our bedroom, uh, sitting in our bedroom, my older brother and I watching on a little black and white TV on a TV stand and, uh, and, uh, following up with a couple other shows that PBS put on at the time. Today, uh, they've made this into, into one of the, one of the big productions for the BBC. It's, like, their show. Mm-hmm. And have made it into a, a truly compelling not, uh, not tinfoil-wrapped, uh, bad special effects, but, uh, some really great stuff. Uh, and, uh, uh, Peter Capaldi as as the current doctor takes a little bit of growing uh, mm-hmm. growing into him, but uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the new season.
1: And I wish that my doctor story was as you know as good as yours, as yours like oh I remember sitting in the bedroom sneaking in there trying to make sure my parents aren't hearing us staying up late watching Doctor Who. And mine was, I happened to walk in one day, see it on the television, and go, what the hell is that? <laughs> and it was just a man holding a screwdriver and a trench coat and uh, chucks, and of course, you know, uh, my first doctor was um, David Tennant. Ah. So so now I'm in love with David Tennant. But uh, I sat down and I watched, and I immediately got so- sucked in, and I actually picked up Right as uh, oh, what was her face? It Rose? was the doctor. No, the, oh. the the one that was actually a doctor.
0: Uh, was, uh I I her name's Amelia Freeman, but uh, yeah, I don't remember what her I don't what her remember character's
1: what a character's name, was. Character's name was. Oh but
0: God, I feel horrible.
1: Yeah, no, I I I walked in just as it was her first episode, so for me it was like coming into a whole new, um, a whole new season, a whole new realm because I was starting right with a new companion. And uh, then I found out that this show had been on for years. And I'm like, well, you know, what's, what's going on with all of this? And when David Tennant left the show, I was heartbroken, of course, because you always feel heartbroken when you lose your first doctor. Yep. And then Matt Smith came in. And for me, Matt Smith was a little hard to swallow because I thought David Tennant did such a great job at this character that I didn't think Matt Smith, Matt Smith was going to be able to hold a candle to it
0: wrong. And
1: I, you know, I was wrong. I was wrong. It was one of the times that I will actually admit that I was wrong. Matt Smith actually did a great job for that. Peter Capaldi, he's still, uh, still, I'm still getting there with him. Yeah. I, I miss the, the fun, fanciful doctor. He's become more of a serious, uh, serious low-key doctor. And I, I kind of wish for a little bit more of that, so, you know, to turn a phrase, Lindsay, I'm missing yeah. the Whimsy a little bit.
0: Yep. Uh, now, Sherlock is another show that that's huge for us. Sadly, with only what eight episodes, nine, ten nine episodes, episodes. Yeah. Uh, the BBC has found uh, has found a niche with this show where they can put out three uh, three episodes, call it a season, and then leave all of us begging them to please film an extra ninety minutes of of, of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, you know, it's uh, got Benedict Cumberbatch got uh, uh, Martin Freeman and it's it's amazingly well done. It,
1: it is amazingly well done and I, I originally was not feeling the whole modern day Sherlock thing because it's been tried before and it failed miserably. but I think with Benedict Humberbatch and, and Martin Freeman taking the helms, it's like these are the roles they were born to play. And I am one of those people who get severely upset when I hear that the next season of Sherlock is coming three years in the future. And I could tolerate it when uh, The Hobbit was still filming. I was like, yes, okay, I I can get a little bit of fix from The Hobbit movies before I get my Sherlock back. And now that The Hobbit movies have finished, I'm kind of like, well, what's the deal, guys? And I know you're working on other projects, but I demand my Sherlock now.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Uh, Now, uh, the last one to talk about is... uh, is a dual dual one. It's The uh, Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. Now these are my shows. Uh, much like much like uh, Grey's originally was Beth's show, and I fell into it. Uh, the Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead are entirely mine. Uh, I watch them after Beth has gone to bed because she is not a zombie fan. I am
1: not a zombie fan. I uh, just
0: nope. you know it's just not her thing. It's not her cup of tea, and and. I appreciate it. I've tried a couple of times. Let her watch the first five minutes, the first episode of *The Walking Dead*, and she was out. Yep, uh, Three deuces. Did. Drop mic. Walk up. Out the, out the um, just uh, I, and and I appreciate where she's coming from, and I'm going to keep working on it. But uh, amazing story, amazing storyline comes from one of the one of the best written graphic novels uh, of of modern time. And uh, you know it's definitely, definitely my nerd fix. Uh, you know, with Fear the Walking Dead, this first season that just finished up, and they're starting into second season. Uh, first season, I'll be honest, it got off slow. Uh, not, uh, not a lot of the action that you uh, that you get used to from being a Walking Dead fan. Uh, but uh, it's uh, definitely escalating quickly. Um, I've actually not gotten into season two yet. I'm uh, letting a couple episodes build up, and then I'm going to binge watch into that. But uh, it's been uh, it's been an experience so far. Uh, I'm uh, if any of you come up with great ideas on how to get Beth involved with The Walking Dead, please feel free to email us at uh, pushingwhimsy at gmail.com. Okay. I would like to. To be like, uh,
1: fair, to be fair, it's not like I don't know what's going on with the show because. I am friends with people who are Walking Dead fans, and so like I basically go on Facebook Monday morning and I find out what happens on the show. I, I read articles about it and I don't have to deal with the zombie blood and gore that I just I simply don't have a taste for. So I know what's going on in the show. And I can speak to it and speak in an intellectual conversation except, you know, I don't know uh, you know, who really killed that walker uh, in the corner by the restroom sort of thing. Like That's not the thing. I know the basic major storylines and maybe some of the small offshoots but I just, it's not something that I can stomach at this point in my life.
0: Yeah, we'll grow into it. Uh, So, uh, want to talk a little bit about uh, about uh, our son, about X, and uh, his his now seemingly uh, innate ability to be an alarm clock. Uh, you know, I get up for work fairly early every morning, and he's still asleep, but by the time I leave at, uh, you said about six o'clock every mm-hmm. morning.
1: Six o'clock
0: every morning. X is up and uh, hollering for uh, for his change and uh, and his veggie tails, mm-hmm. and uh, It's uh, it's amazing that uh, at 14 15 months now he's uh, He's got it timed down to literally almost daily being uh, being six o'clock baby
1: Well, and he was kind of a hard baby to get on a schedule He did not he wants to do things on his own he on his own terms on his own in general he is just a very very independent kid and it took me forever to get him onto a schedule when i finally do it's kind of backfiring on me because uh i now have to teach him the concept of weekends i now have to teach him the concept of paid holidays and sick days yeah. So, every day at 6 o'clock, uh, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is, uh, I am up, giving him his bottle, changing him, and praying to anything that is a deity out there that he will go back to sleep so I can get some more sleep. Sadly, that's not the case.
0: Yeah. But, it's uh, it's been nice, you know, but he's, uh, he's, on, he's on a schedule, that's he, for sure. He
1: is on a schedule now, sort of yeah he's still doing things on his own terms but we get to have a little bit of say in the matter like right right now he's at the point where he's choosing his own shirts every day um he is choosing the food that he eats he is uh choosing whether or not he wants juice milk or water to drink so that's that's helping him but we're still saying like you drink something right now or you need to wear clothes
0: and, you know, that, all that makes a lot of sense. It's that whole, he doesn't want to be controlled, but he wants his parents to teach him right from wrong. So that's cool. You yeah, know, we'll, we'll roll with that for now. You know, he's 14 months, 15 months. We'll see where it ends up uh, at the terrible twos. Uh, so we talked last week a little bit about, uh, about the uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, phenomenon that is affecting our family. Uh, my son, uh, uh, boy wonder, and the girl spawn uh, start uh, started uh, badgering and, and begging to put something together. And uh, this last week, they spent a little bit of time together at uh, at his house, putting together uh, putting together girl spawn's character. And uh, it's actually uh, the first character she put together. Was the Joker without a brain basically uh, oh. it had like a zero intelligence score?
1: Oh, yes, it was. She, for those who are unfamiliar with Dungeons and Dragons and the way that it's done, uh, you basically get to pick certain characteristics uh, a race type, a uh, gender, a name. You get to pick a class, which is basically your job. Uh, you get to pick uh, some of your background, you know where you get your abilities from, so on and so forth. And so, uh, her first character was a Tifling, which is kind of like an elf in a sense, but not really. Uh, she chose to align herself with chaotic evil, which made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever being a typhling. Uh And then, of course, she chose to be a Druid, which is a... Uh, a sort of wizard that is based in nature, almost, for, to, to really simplify it down. Somebody with magic that comes from nature. And one of the big characteristics of being a Typhling that is also a druid is that you are smarter than everybody else. You have to have a large IQ in order to do these things.
0: Yes. Sadly, her dice roll put her just a step below a bread box for intelligence.
1: Uh, I think the shields that they were using were smarter than her. Yeah, this, this is the type of, of being that would sit and eat their hair while the battle's going on. Uh, so it just it made absolutely no sense. It was completely against her character type. Uh, when I she she asked me to look over her character to see if there was anything that I could do to help her with while she picked out spells. And I started reading through, saw everything was aligned and I was looking at her abilities and you get your abilities by taking your race and or your class. So the type of being you are plus your job and you roll dice based on uh, certain numbers that you get. And sadly she pulled a big fat goose egg for intelligence. So I, uh, I actually couldn't help myself. I bust up laughing and told her she was the village idiot.
0: Yep, yep. And actually the village idiot was, you know, able to run circles around her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, apparently Boy Wonder has, has decided that I get to be a dungeon master uh, at least a percentage of the time. And I made the judgment call that I was going uh, to let uh, the girl spawn re-roll for intelligence. And uh, figure, let her reroll, give her a 50% reduction off of that, and let her at least, you know, be able to, uh, you know, open doors uh, that don't have, you and know, locks or her, just push chew open her curtains. Food
1: and be able to properly swallow.
0: It. Right. You and uh, you know, she pulled an 11 out of that uh, out of that deal, so uh, thank no. God she can now walk through curtained rooms. So. <laughs>
1: So, and what's, what's so funny about it was, uh, she had gotten wind that you could recreate a character because uh, her father and I have uh, decided to, re- to start over, recreate characters, we're not bringing in anybody, uh, any old traits or anything like that. We're starting fresh so that everybody's on the same playing level, nobody is severely above anybody else, we can all do this as, as a group and she got wind that she could do this so she's now changed her she's changed her character now uh she's still a druid but she's decided to go with gnome (laughs) uh and gnomes are in the dungeons and dragons world kind of like uh just that happy-go-lucky anything that you can think of sickening sweet happy people now,
0: those are the ones with the little red hats that we put out in the front yard. Yes. Okay. Yes,
1: yeah. yes. They're the garden gnomes. Right. And uh, the way that I described it to her, she has a younger sister who we will affectionately refer to as Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every ability, every character trait, everything pointed exactly to Tinkerbell. So it was kind of ironic that she went above and beyond to a brand new character that is a gnome of all things, which is only about three feet tall, about 40 pounds, but runs at it uh, walks at 25 steps, which basically means that this thing is moving like Speedy Gonzales.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, you know, a normal human's what at uh, 30 yeah, something, yeah, 30. That so you think about like a three foot, uh, foot span, and this gnome is three feet tall and it is walking as fast as you. That's pretty amazing, but uh, she got super excited. Uh, She did uh, pick the name of her character, which is going to be—I think it's Nebby Stumbleduck—and I don't bubbles. Bubbles.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, yep. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. I think I think it'll be like a, a rally cry for us every time that she screws something up. Let's call her N-
1: Stumble Duck. Stumble Duck, what are you doing? Stumble Duck.
0: Uh, so uh, we we did sit down with uh, with the family tonight. had uh, had the kids over for dinner. I uh, had uh, Boy Wonder and his wife. Uh, we still gotta come up with a nickname for her. Oh, I don't know.
1: We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to input that
0: I, I'm, I'm to thinking, her. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. We'll just call we'll just call her his wife for right now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh had them over for dinner had my folks up as well from uh from iowa city which was really nice and uh i i I gotta say i gotta throw a call out here beth made an amazing dinner uh she she did an amazing job put together a a couple of roasts and uh potatoes and all the goodies there in the crock pot uh roasted some additional potatoes because i told her that uh We needed more, and based on the amount of leftovers that I'm going to have for work this week, I'll be eating a lot of uh, potatoes this week, guys, so uh, it seems like uh, if you see me out in public and I look like I don't want to eat a french fry, there's probably a reason why, Uh, (laughs) but uh, it was was an amazing dinner, you did good. Thank you. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I did nothing, the crock pot did it all. Yeah,
0: well... You, you put it in the crock pot. And
1: I, I did put it in there the was, crock pot. There
0: was, there was water applied and some vegetable cutting. Uh, I, I, believe, I believe the Girl Spawn helped with the vegetable cutting. She,
1: she cut the potatoes because she, that's what she wanted to do. Why? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. what she wanted to do. Because she got to play with her shirt knife.
1: And then <laughs> she complained that she needed a different knife.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, now, speaking of Girl Spawn, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how she's here, she helps watch X for us. And uh, takes care of things uh, during the day here at the house. Uh, we, are, uh, we are sad that uh, the girl spawn will be returning to her mother's uh, in another state at the end of this week. Uh, so this is, uh, this is the front bumper of a discussion that we're going to have about, uh, about returning the girl spawn. Uh, returning the girl spawn... Can be everything from just going to uh, a midpoint between here and where her mom lives, uh, to me having to work a full shift and then drive uh, well into the overnight and the next morning to uh, get there and back to make the full round trip. Uh, it sucks every time taking her back, but uh, it's it's part of the deal. It's part of the agreement. Uh, you know we. Uh, we always look forward to the next opportunity to have her here mm-hmm. And she will be sorely and dearly missed Not just by us, but by X uh, So, I did uh, i did need to make a, a correction to last week's podcast I incorrectly identified uh, the girl spawn's age As 14 last week She is a proud and, and steady 15 mm-hmm. And uh, I, I've been appropriately bludgeoned about the head and shoulders for that error so
1: i I feel that your reprimanding was was quite deserved Uh, and shame on me for not interrupting you during that speech because i thought about doing it (laughs) and correcting you but i was like maybe i should just sit over here i am peanut gallery after all yeah (laughs) you know
0: so yeah so so uh the girl spawn is 15 and uh just so we're we're completely clear on that, uh, it was me. I screwed up, and I'm willing to admit that I screwed that up.
1: Yeah, we should say it one more time. Fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen.
0: Fifteen. 15, 15. 15. One and a five. Oof. Yes. Uh, so uh, uh, for any uh any young men who who may be interested in courting my daughter, just don't. No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Got. Uh, got uh, plenty of opportunity to. Uh, To uh, make your life a living hell. So uh, that being said, uh, we'll move along to uh, some topics of the week. Yeah. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about Bathroom Gate.
1: Indeed. So again, if you haven't been paying attention to any news around you, uh, there has been an upsurge in the media coverage about transgendered people using the restroom that they feel most comfortable in. So for uh, people who affiliate themselves or see themselves as men should use a men's restroom and those who see themselves as female should use a female bathroom. I think that this is, you know, fair. Bathrooms have been separated for, you know, since the beginning of time by genders or basically what goes in your pants. But I find it a little unnerving that a lot of people are upset about this. And because of the reasons they're upset, you know, uh, I don't want perverts peeking in on my young daughters or my young sons. And all I can really think is, has anybody ever used an other gender bathroom? I don't know what a lot of people do in a bathroom. Uh, I use it for its purpose. Yeah. And I am one of the people that... uh, When I was younger, I was uh, one of those people who just would not poop in a public bathroom. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. And I know several people who are still like that. They will not poop in a public bathroom. I still get a little bit of anxiety when I feel that people in the other stall can hear me or smell me poop. (laughs) Because I know that when I smell other people poop, it's not a pleasant thing. But that's not usually... I'm not really concerned about what is going on under the pants at yeah. that point. Yeah. You know, my fear is founded on the fact that, Oh my gosh, I really shouldn't have had those onion rings for lunch. And now I'm in a bathroom with a stranger, but I'm also kind of messed up. So um, I, I have some anxiety things <laughs> that are happening, but I, I can tell you a, a, a stories after stories that I have never been afraid to walk into a men's bathroom, use the stall, and be afraid of anybody hurting me in any way.
0: So, you know, I guess my my big concern the the argument that's being made is I don't want some some guy dressed like a woman come going into into the bathroom with my daughter. And 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 I've seen a lot of people who who yeah our, our friends of mine on facebook people i grew up with that i went to high school with uh, that uh, that are saying you know if 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 some guy dressed like a woman comes into the men's room i'm going to kick his ass blah 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 and you know the thing i think about is these people are worried about uh, you know people who are identifying themselves a specific way molesting their children um If it's gonna be, if that's the concern, how how many how many cases of someone who is a transgender person, who who has been persecuted for being transgender anyway, have been the ones that are doing this molestation? I mean, we had uh, the longest running uh, uh, House Representatives guy uh, just got uh, just got charged with child molestation as a high school wrestling coach. These are the people that that scare the hell out of me. You know, if somebody is transgendered, God bless them. Let them do their thing and quit worrying about what's in their pants.
1: And even, you know, even people who maybe are pre-op that are getting used to that lifestyle, I know that several doctors, if they're good doctors, will tell somebody before they change their gender to something that they feel is more comfortable for them Uh, they have to live that life for several months before they can even operate to see if they are psychologically capable of living that life. Some people can't handle it, and and those who, who can are considered very, very brave. I honestly, I'm in there to poop. I'm in there to poop. I will keep coming back around to this. I... When I, was, when I was in college, I was quite the, the brave or dumb soul, whichever you want yeah. to, you know, assign to that. And when I had to go and a women's bathroom was not available to me, I had absolutely no qualms using a men's bathroom. And if they stared at me when I went in there, I would usually stare back, say, I've seen bigger and go into the stall. <laughs> and I would use it. I only really have one agenda in that bathroom, I don't have anything else. I don't care about what you're doing. I only care about what's going on with me. I am not somebody who likes to linger in bathrooms. I think bathrooms, especially public bathrooms, are disgusting. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> and, and they're
0: there for a purpose, a very specific exactly. purpose, and it's it's not to uh, it's not to meet up. You know, <laughs> if if that's if that's what your if that's what your agenda is for a bathroom. Um, Go to a go to a bar. Go to a church. Go to a, go to a coffee shop, for God's sake. Don't uh, don't hang out in the john uh, to to pick up uh, pick up a date.
1: And honest <laughs> and honestly, like even when I'm in there at my worst, you know, uh, again, I've eaten too many onion rings for lunch, and I'm in there for a very long time. The last thing on my mind is what the person in the stall next to me looks like. The only thing that's on my mind is, oh my God, I hope, I hope to God, nobody I know sees me walking out of this stinky stall.
0: Well, and and you know, <laughs> we, we we have a running joke that uh, when when we go to a go to a public restroom, uh, I'll I'll come I'll come walking out of the restroom like, okay, we can never come back here again. Okay. We we have to go before they recognize that I'm the one who just came out of there. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> but that's that's the whole point. Dave and I are allies we believe that human beings are human beings human beings are all created equally and we deserve the same rights so be you lesbian gay bisexual transsexual questioning or straight you are seen as a human first in our eyes if you need to use the bathroom use one and let me let me just say one thing so we have had unisex bathrooms for years unisex bathrooms have been a thing family bathrooms have been a thing yep. you know what what these people are saying is that I can't go into the same bathroom as my 14 month old son to change him that's how ridiculous this is yeah. you know saying I don't want my daughters in there with a, a man dressed as a woman yeah well,
0: I, 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 and and for the most part uh, you know before this was made into a big issue for for somebody and for political purposes or whatever uh, if somebody who was a man walked into a women's restroom dressed as a woman nobody said anything about it because they either didn't know uh, you know if it was somebody who had who had successfully transitioned or you know it it was just a thing
1: or it know? would be just water cooler talk hey right. I saw this guy dressed in a dress in a bathroom I honestly I've never felt danger coming from a bathroom or, and maybe that's just me being naive and I have a tendency to do that but on the other hand like I like I said I've walked into men's bathrooms to use it when another bathroom wasn't available and I have no qualms about going into the stall doing my business washing my hands and leaving
0: I think you know the the big piece of this puzzle is that uh uh, there are people on both sides of this issue. It's unlikely that any of us are going to meet any kind of common, common center ground on this. Uh-huh. Where where we stand on it is people are people. I, I love my friends. I love people in general. Uh, you know, I have I have a huge amount of friends within the community. I have a huge amount of friends outside of the community. I hear both sides of the argument and the one that makes the least amount of sense is the ones who are being intolerant and uh, and jackasses about it.
1: And yeah. it's it's also an extremist view. Yeah. Like this you know, this is something that's gonna happen if we should ever have a transgender person use a bathroom. I almost guarantee that anybody who says that has already peed next to a transgender person. Yep. yep. It's just the way it is. I mean all I can say is we should all just get along and learn to poop in a public restroom in peace. Yeah,
0: yeah. My biggest fear about pooping in public restrooms is that somebody is on the phone next to me, oh, and see, that's, that's then a it's then story. it's not just then it's not just me pooping and affecting the people in the stalls, but it's me pooping and somebody's on the phone. So somebody outside of that bathroom knows that there is a person in that bathroom who is playing uh, Beethoven's Fifth with their butt yep and and yeah i just oh my god you know that that's what that's what terrifies me about public bathrooms i don't care if somebody walks in there uh that's female dressed as a male i i give a damn yep anyway um
1: and i promise i promise i will never eat onion rings in your home
0: there you go there you go that that works (laughs) uh so beth came across an interesting thing this week it's called uh the Shakespearean Insult Kit.
1: Yes, and there's a little <laughs> bit of explanation that goes into this. So uh, I mentioned that I work in an office. Well, I'm actually a low-level manager. And uh, my, I try to encourage my people to have a little fun while they're at work. The job that we do is extraordinarily difficult. It can be very straining and very stressful. Uh, and I try to keep it light for them so that they don't just burn out and and leave on the spot. So uh, when they do things like prank each other, or they put up funny signs in their cubes, they usually don't say a whole lot about it unless it's uh, thoroughly offensive to someone. And uh, one person on my on my team uh, had tacked this Shakespeare insult list up in every single cubicle in my team's area. And I was curious because of the way that it's structured, it, it's got three columns on it and I was wondering what all of these words were and when I walked up and started reading these words I was like these are words that I don't know or are very old English and what's the deal with this so I had to wait uh, for that person to come in for their shift and go what is up with all of these signs what did you do here and he said that it was a Shakespeare insult list and you basically pick Uh, an item from column one, an item from column two, an item from column three, and you can make a customized Shakespearean insult.
0: So column one typically is a descriptor. Column two is a...
1: It's adjective, adjective noun.
0: Yeah, adjective, adjective noun. So, uh, And all of these must be prefaced prefaced with the word thou. So a good example. Let's just go for a random pick here. Thou logger-headed, full born grudgeon.
1: See, I was uh, a big fan of Thou villainous, sheep-biting, skeinsmate. <laughs> that one I loved. Uh,
0: um, there was one that you sent me a text. Oh, there where's... was the
1: flax wench one. Uh,
0: yes, the flax wench. Uh, where's uh, Thou surly, rump-fed flax wench. And and I was thinking it was, are you st- stuffing flax seeds up your butt?
1: Well, and I was and, also... I See, what I was concerning for me was when I was sending the text with the word flax dragon on it, I was afraid that it would autocorrect or that you would think it was an autocorrection. Uh-huh. And it didn't, thank goodness. Yeah. But uh, so I... I text this text this thing over to dave and i and i sent him a, a shakespearean insult and i don't have my phone with me otherwise i'd read which one i sent but uh i thought it was just the most hilarious thing ever being the nerd i am i am a huge shakespeare fan i have i studied shakespeare in college uh studied shakespeare in acting in college and i'm terrible at it by the way <laughs> um but uh i get super duper excited When I see something that is, like, very Shakespearean, like, uh, when 10 Things I Hate About You came out, I about cried myself to sleep every night because I was so excited that they finally took Shakespeare and made it popular for for people my age. And uh, every time I see something like this, or I see a Shakespearean actor, like the Harry Potter movies, every time I'd, like, I'd recognize characters from the Harry Potter movies and be like, that one wasn't... Romeo and Juliet, and that one wasn't much to do about nothing, and I loved her. Oh, I I, don't. yes, I, I just sweet a little bit. But, yep. But uh, when I saw this, I I my heart just skipped a beat, and I just got super excited, and I have literally been dancing about laying this out for you, pretty much since the middle of the week.
0: Yep. Now, what we'll do is we'll take and uh, get a copy of this up on the Facebook page Mm -hmm. for you guys to check out, uh, giving appropriate credit where credit is due, Mm -hmm. so uh, keep an eye out for that in the next day or two.
1: Yes, you paunchy, ill-breeding, lewdsters. Ah, yes, yes. I gotta read one from the bottom of the list, though. yes. You yeasty, unchin-snouted, wagtail.
0: (laughs) Wagtail.
1: Wagtail is the last one on the list. That's,
0: yep, yep, that is awesome. Uh,
1: Apple John, that's yeah. another one that gets me. Artless bass court Apple John. <laughs> and see, what's great is that, so, like, some of these are just like you—you you don't even know where the, why this would be an insult. Like, um, what's a what's a good one? You roguish paddle deep mold warp. What on earth is a mold warp? Uh,
0: I don't know, but I have a feeling that Google is going to come into play oh, quickly yeah. on this.
1: I, I have to what. And what's the difference between a regular pig and a hedge pig? Um,
0: I think a hedge pig is a
1: hedgehog. It, what's a bugbear?
0: Uh, that I'm not sure.
1: A bum bailey? Ooh, a canker blossom.
0: Ah, uh, that, that would be like the start of a canker sore where it gets really red.
1: Oh, I do know this one, codpiece. Yes. I do know that one. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, so... Uh, we'll, like I said, we'll get this, uh, we'll get this up on, on the uh, Facebook page and uh, give you guys an opportunity to check it out and uh, enjoy your own Create a Shakespeare Insult yes. Kit.
1: Yes, create Shakespearean insults for us. We would love to see them. Just uh, you, know, you don't have to keep them clean. I, I have absolutely no problems reading pretty much whatever people send in um, as long as it's relatively tasteful and not something like I'm going to bash your head in with a rubber knife.
0: Yes, that would be bad. Let's that. Not would do be that. bad. Um, feel free. Uh, feel free when you're uh, throwing something up at us on Twitter, uh, hashtag that was Shakespeare insult, and uh, we'll try and get uh, get a uh, accommodate or uh, a group of those together for next oh, week. Oh, I
1: would love it. I would just be like reading mean tweets. I'd love it. Oh
0: yes. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna do mean. Oh no! I'm, I'm still, I'm Shakespeare- still tender.
1: No, they're still Shakespearean insults. They got to be. They're a form of mean tweets. But yeah,
0: it's, uh, it's, yeah, Shakespearean mean tweet. There you Shakespearean go.
1: Shakespearean mean tweets. Let's uh, do it. Shakespearean yeah. mean tweets. Let's yeah. send them in, guys. There
0: you go. Uh, so uh, we are about ready to wrap this up for the week, guys. Again, uh, check us out again on facebookcom whimsy. Uh, On Twitter, at Pushing underscore Whimsy. On SoundCloud, at SoundCloud.com slash Pushing Whimsy. And, of course, you can find Pushing Whimsy right on iTunes and on the Google Play Music Store. A special note about the Google Play Music Store. If it's not showing podcasts, go in and do an update to your app for Google Play Music. And they should show right up there. Do the search and uh, subscribe. Friend it, like it facebook it all over the place tell everybody and uh let's see what we can do about getting some more followers out there and uh creating a little bit more buzz uh until next week uh i am david
1: and i am beth
0: and this is pushing whimsy bye